Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool and this time around it was Liverpool versus Sheffield United at Anfield. From last season both games against Sheffield United were pretty tough. The one game against Anfield um, was probably a bit of an outlier as to how Sheffield United played last season uh, but obviously the game away at Bramall Lane last year was a very very tough one and we got a very lucky goal there uh, and regardless of how Sheffield United have started this season um, we always, well, I always knew at least that this was going to be a very tough game for us. Uh, they've had a couple of injuries as well, um, same as us. And, you know, it was going to be a backs against the wall performance from them uh, and with Rian Brewster as well coming back uh, and facing his former team. Well, the big news before the game from a Liverpool perspective was the return of Alisson Becker, uh, our number one goalkeeper, someone who we've kind of really firmly missed the last couple of games. Adrian has done a decent job, but we just look a lot more safer um, at the back when uh, Alisson is playing. And given the the absence of Van Dijk for the rest of the season, Alisson's going to be super important at the back there to keep that kind of calming nature, um, knowing when to go long, knowing when to go short, um, and just kind of providing that reassurance at the back uh, that, we, that we won't have uh, whilst Virgil van Dijk is away. And then the other piece of news before the game even started was the apparent change in formation or change in approach from Jurgen Klopp. For the past 18 months, two years, even longer than that, we've seen Liverpool pretty much line up with a 4-3-3 in every game, be it in the Community Shield, be it in the Carabao Cup, be it in the Premier League, be it in the Champions League, um, even if the, the kind of first 11 players aren't playing. Liverpool have always played in that 4-3-3 formation and that kind of seemed like the way Klopp wanted the entirety of Liverpool to play. But this time around it was something slightly different it seemed like. Uh, I don't know whether that was down to the injuries we had in the team uh, and maybe some of the fatigue from the Ajax game or whether it was actually more down to the opposition and how we wanted to play at home against Sheffield United. I actually think probably it was a mixture of the two. Uh, in midfield, obviously Naby Keita was missing, Thiago was still missing after um, the challenge on him from Richarlison last week. Um, James Milner obviously played a, a he played. I think the full 90 minutes in Ajax so it probably wasn't ready to go again for another 90 minutes uh, Curtis Jones maybe again played uh, at Ajax even though it was only uh, 45 minutes uh, and so maybe that kind of forced Jurgen Klopp's hand into playing uh, basically kind of what four of our five or six uh, front f front players and attacking players in in Sadio Mane, Bobby Firmino, Mo Salah and Diego Jota uh, and I actually think the way he the way it kind of ended up setting up was in a 4-2-2-2 formation. So you had Wijnaldum and Henderson as the kind of two sitting midfielders. Uh, and then Mane and Jota as the more wide ones. Then Firmino and Salah up front. Uh, and it'll be, it was very, very interesting to see kind of at the beginning of the game uh, and in the first half in particular how that would pan out. Whether that would provide more support for, for kind of Firmino to get him more involved in the game. How Jota and Mane would would fare kind of being slightly deeper on the wings uh, and how Mo Salah would, would fare up front uh, with someone else. Uh, and I think very much in the in the first half, it you could tell it was a, uh, a formation that the players weren't totally used to. It seemed like we things weren't clicking so much um, uh, and we were definitely under pressure from Sheffield United in the first game. I think one of the things that's super key and, and really, really important for this formation to succeed is the rotation between the four. So, you know, naturally, as I explained it, Mane starts on the left, Firmino and Salah in the middle, uh, and Jota on the right. But it'll be interesting to see 
as if we if we play this formation more often to see those four interchange now if they start interchanging that's where i think we'll really start causing problems because then defenders don't know you know is it is it um salah who's going to come out onto the right and cut into his left foot or is it going to be you know jota on the right hand side who's going to who's going to get to the byline and cross a ball into to mane maybe coming in at the far post or bobby firmino uh and that's where i really really think that we can start to use that formation to our benefit but i definitely think in this game you you could tell uh, it was a new kind of formation, a new way of playing for us, and we weren't totally comfortable with it uh, throughout the game. And then obviously at the end of the game, when things got a bit tight, uh, we went back to the 4-3-3 and, and when Klopp made a couple of changes. But I think that formation for me works better um, when, yes, when we have that rotation up front that I just talked about, but also when, when the midfield is slightly different. I think we need someone like a Henderson in there who can is very good at breaking up the play, but also joining the play up, uh, kind of further up the field. But then also, I think it works better with someone like Thiago in there. I think when we have two kind of breaking up kind of midfielders like we have with Wijnaldum and Henderson, I feel like that just leaves a, a big gap between uh, kind of defense and attack. Uh, and that puts an even more pressure on the likes of Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold to create, which we know they can do. Um, but not everything's going to come from there. And it would be great to have someone like Thiago, if we do decide to play this formation, who can really provide that kind of link between... Uh, defense and attack so starting off in the game um kind of started off pretty frantically we had a chance with with Sadio Mane where Ramsdale came steaming out and, and Mane was able to roll the ball past him but for, unfortunately for us but fortunately for Sheffield United uh, they were able to clear the ball away and um it got, the game started off I guess pretty high intensity and pretty frantic um uh, not what you would normally expect from a game where you think maybe Liverpool might be tired uh, from the Ajax game and a Sheffield United team that you know can't lose right um, but it was Sheffield United who did make the breakthrough early on uh, Fabinho kind of it was a poor clearance and then he dived in on Ollie McBurney and obviously if you guys have watched the game you would have seen that the VAR decision was very very close as to whether it was in the box or outside the box uh, I think people are questioning the fact that it was a foul as well I think if given if that was anywhere else on the pitch it would have been a foul so I, I'm not questioning the foul too much I'm just questioning the the fact that um, it was <clears throat> it was kind of clearly well Fabinho's foot was clearly outside of the line of the penalty box um, and I think that's really un, uh, you know really unfair just because Ollie McBurney's foot was on there that that's that's kind of classed as a penalty um, I think a free kick there would have would have it seemed like for me the right thing to do and it's strange how um, you know VAR spends about ten seconds making a decision like that but then spends like four minutes analyzing lines for an offside it's it's all just very inconsistent I'm not going to go into the whole VAR stuff I went into it last week uh, with the Everton game but it was frustrating but it wasn't it was a mistake by Fabinho I think that's we can all admit um, he dived in didn't need to dive in uh, he's been very very good since coming in at center back particularly in the Ajax game midweek um, but this was a mistake from him and ultimately we paid the price and there's the first half went on, as I said, we, we, we kind of were getting more used to the formation and we were pressing on Sheffield United without really causing any problems. Uh, Ramsdale didn't really make any saves other than Trent shooting from the halfway line, but that wasn't really going to go in. Um, they were they were looking like they were causing more problems with balls in behind, uh, but Fabinho and Joe Gomez stayed pretty strong. And then we were kind of toiling away, toiling away, um, but we finally did make the breakthrough just before half time. It was a great uh, whipped in cross from Jordan Henderson, who I have to say again was absolutely mega. Um, we've I've I've praised him in many many episodes this season, and I'll continue to praise him. His his work rate, his 
his defensive play as well as his uh, how he contributes from an attacking perspective as well has been absolutely fantastic and, and I think he's being an absolute med model professional and model uh, kind of player um, for Liverpool and he has been for the last you know two two three years and he's just continuing to show that but it was a great ball in from him Mane probably should have scored with the header uh, it was a free header it was probably what six yards out but it was straight at Ramsdale, who probably could have done better in uh, palming the ball away. But he kind of just palmed it in the middle of the goal. And Bobby Firmino um, put, put it in. And obviously, there's that kind of moment of, uh, of nervousness as to whether it was offside or not. But fortunately for us, Mane and both Firmino were both uh, onside when the, when the cross was played in from, um, from Jordan Henderson. And that was it. We went into halftime 1-0. I think that was a big milestone uh, for us. Um, and I think a negative milestone for Sheffield United. I think they would have been hoping to get in uh, at the halftime 1-0 up because then they could really regroup in the second half um, and kind of really have that that thing that they wanted to hold on to. So then as the second half went on, um, it at least started with one team really kind of going out, trying to get the, the win, I would say, and that was very much us um, kind of on the front foot. Again, not causing too many problems to Aaron Ramsdale's goal, but on the front foot, passing the ball in Sheffield United's half. Uh, and we nearly did... Uh, get the lead with a great ball from Trent Alexander-Arnold again from that right-hand side. Uh, we'll have a deep cross into the box, controlled amazingly by Mo Salah, and then flicked past Aaron Ramsdale. But as soon as it went in, I think me, like many other Liverpool fans, just didn't celebrate because we know, um, given what happened last week, uh, and given you know just how how VAR is working at the moment, uh, we never knew whether it would be offside or not. And uh, you know, <laughs> it was actually offside. So um, you know, it, I think it was quite clearly offside. No no issues with it. Uh, it was a great bit of play from from Trent uh, and Mo Salah as well. But it was offside. You know, none of the players were really complaining, and we move on. But fortunately for us, we didn't have to wait too long until after that after that moment to actually go ahead and get the goal that took us into the lead. And it was a, a good play from Sadio Mane down the down the left hand side, kind of getting his defender one on one, just bursting past him, and then crossing a the ball into the box uh, for Diego Jota to climb in between. Uh, I think it was Egan um, and Osborne. I think it was and bury his header is very very strange that we that we pretty much scored uh from two crosses into the box Sheffield United have very big center backs our, our strikers are not known for for being big and tall we haven't got a Giroud or anyone like that um but but yes it strangely enough it was actually uh, <laughs> two crosses really that that got us both of our goals and the second goal from Diego Jota was taken very very well I was really impressed with him in midweek when he came on against Ajax um, in terms of how he helped take the ball up the pitch when we were under pressure, particularly towards the end of the game. And I think he had another decent game today um, with his with his work rate. Obviously came off uh, just for the end, had a bit of ice on his uh, calf, I think it was, but looks like he will hopefully be fine. Uh, but he had a very good game. Another goal as well. His his uh, his I think his second Premier League goal now uh, at Anfield following that one against Arsenal um, earlier. But again, another great performance from him. And uh, we went on and, and kind of held out then. I think we were definitely under pressure. Um, we didn't maybe hold the ball as well as we could have or should have done uh, once we went 2-1 up. And there were a couple of, you know, nervy moments. But, you know, it, there's always going to be that case when you play any Premier League game because the teams are all so good. Um, but we did held out for a 2-1 victory. That takes us top of the league with Everton playing tomorrow. I'm pretty sure they will win. I'm not sure who they're playing. But, um 
uh, yeah, that kind of back and forth now between between Liverpool and Everton is very, very interesting. Manchester City kind of still there. Obviously, they drop points as well today against West Ham, who we play next up. Uh, West Ham have been on a, on a very good bit of form recently, so uh, Mikel Antonio and the like will be a very, very tough set of opponents. But we'll worry about that later. We've obviously got a Champions League game uh, midweek as well. Uh, the games are coming absolutely thick and fast at the moment, and it'll be really interesting to see how... Uh, Klopp and all the other managers manage their squads, manage the fitness, um, but then also manage their kind of consistency. And if your team is in form, keeping the players playing and all that type of stuff. So um, it was very interesting across the board um, in terms of how teams and managers address this. So guys, as I do, I always do a shout out to Klopp um, and I do my man of the match as well. I want to start off with my man of the match first. And for me, that was Joe Gomez. Um, he's taken a bit of stick um, in the past couple of you know, past couple of games about, um, you know, uh, particularly when he's playing on that left side of the defence now, now that Van Dijk is out, um, he's caught a bit of stick, I think probably a little bit from me as well as from from other fans and, uh, and pundits alike. But I thought today he was really, really good. Um, he was really solid. Fabinho, who's been great the past couple of games, didn't have his best game, but Joe Gomez was there to pick up the slack uh, with his pace in the second half as they brought on Burke. Um, and then also kind of just his commanding nature. I think having Alisson behind him as well gave him a lot of confidence, um, which allowed him to have that kind of freedom um, and ability to really command uh, the defensive line. And I think he did really, really well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see now, I think Matip was, didn't feature in midweek, didn't feature again. I think his injuries may be slightly more niggly than, than Klopp would have liked. Uh, and it's interesting with all these injuries, Klopp is never really, um, I think, open about injuries. Like, we never know how serious an injury is or something. Like, Matip, like, Cater's out now. Like, what's wrong with Cater? How long's he out for? Um, it's very interesting. Klopp's very coy about that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's reasons for that. But um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the with the centre-back partnerships, whether he sticks with Fabinho and Gomez or whether Matip comes back in uh, in midweek against, um, I can't even say their name, they're a Danish team. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I think he played really, really well. And, and I think it was a testament to... And I think he's seeing it as an opportunity as well. I think he's seeing this kind of Van Dijk being out as, as an opportunity for him to really solidify his position. There's obviously been talk about us maybe going to buy someone like Upa Meccano or someone like that. But, you know, he's he, he's reminding everyone that he's still here. He's a great player as well. Um, so great to see him. And I guess the shout out to Klopp is... I love the formation. I do like it. It was something different. We haven't really done anything different for the last two years. We haven't really had to because everything's been working. But um, I really, really like the the kind of change of formation and change of approach of playing almost kind of a four, yeah, as I said, four, two, two, two. Um, and I think particularly against teams that maybe sit back against us, it will be a really, really good formation. And I think, yeah, the only difference will be if we had someone like a Thiago in the midfield, I think that would really, really help um, with how we play. But that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Next up, we've got West Ham in the Premier League, but a game in midweek again in the Champions League. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, appreciate you guys supporting this, this channel and this series, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.